Well, some of you, um, our men that, that have been part of Christian Men's Network, um, uh, really Michael Murphy no, needs no introduction. He has lit the place up. Used to, back in the days when it was Rob Carmen and Michael Murphy, it was a one-two punch. Man, our men, life changed encounters and experiences, and it's been a privilege and honor to, to serve um, Paul Cole and Christian Men's Network and really way back, you know, even with Ed Cole. But uh, he's going to come and bring the Word of God today. And, uh, you know, this is a great relationship. We have, we have uh, mutual friends, and this is his first time. He is an Aussie, but, you know, he's, like he said, you know, the, the area where they're at, you know, it's kind of like the area of, of, of the great state, a great nation of Texas. <laughs> and so give him a good welcome as he comes this morning. Hey, the Life Church, how you doing? I said, hey, the Life Church, how you doing? I'll just do a bit of talking so that you can get used to my accent. Just remember, though, I talk like this all the time. It's actually your ears that have the accent. It's so good to be here, and thank you, uh, Pastor Walt, for that wonderful introduction that I wrote. And uh, I'm here, I'm traveling with uh, a dear friend who's actually my head coach uh, for our ministry, Leaderscape. Uh, I've been in ministry nearly 40 years, uh, next year actually, and I've been married 40 years this year and uh, in ministry 40 years next year. And so led in churches, executive pastoring and then senior pastoring, lead pastoring for uh, just under 20 years. And for the last 10 years, we've been dedicating our lives to come alongside a bunch uh, of God's generals, just resourcing literally thousands of churches and lead pastors, coming alongside hundreds just to help them, particularly post-COVID, to do what they do uh, just a little bit better. And I gotta say, it's been just the privilege of our lives. And, uh, and so uh, my head coach is Darren Bennell. Uh, though I'm a city slicker, uh, Sydney, Sydney born and raised, um, he's actually from a town called Tamworth, which is not unlike San Angelo. And I, I'm not just saying that, it's about six hours out of Sydney and, uh, and lots of property. Uh, his wife was bought up on a thousand acre property. And, uh, and so why don't you just give Darren, Darren Bennell a welcome as he uh, just uh, accompanies me here. I, uh, I feel a bit like the Queen of Sheba in the sense that I, I, I'd heard what God was doing here and got the, the royal uh, uh, tour yesterday. And I've got to say, uh, Pastor Walt, it was way, way more than I had anticipated. Um, what God is doing through you uh, and in you all is just quite phenomenal. Um, and uh, you know, I was saying to uh, our some of the leaders last night, we had a, a leaders gathering in, uh, in room 200 um, live, and then we streamed to Abilene and Arlington. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, these leaders are no joke. 
Like I know some of you have only started coming recently. Some of you, I tell you, this next season is God, God will do something that will bless your hearts. That has been things that have been prayed for for, for years and years and years. Um, and let me just put the little gauntlet of challenge down. I believe many of you that currently uh, are attenders, God will tap on the shoulder and call to step up and, 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 ta- and take some weight for this next season. It, it's a season where we don't have time for passengers. I've been, as I said, in ministry for decades, but, but I don't know of any other era that there's been a greater need for churches that are walking in the authority of the Word of God, for schools that, that, that get it, that have a, a Christian uh, worldview underneath the whole thing, and you put those things together, it's actually, absolutely a dynamic combination. And so, Pastor Walt, in fact, we were talking and I'm doing a, a podcast and, and, uh, and I, 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 I mean, it's Sunday, right? So I, I'm like, would you be able to uh, actually do one of the podcast episodes? So we're, we're recording it this afternoon. It's gonna be an absolute blessing to pastors and leaders all over the globe as Pastor Walt imparts faith and shares principles about how to engage what God is doing, how to step up in the faith to see uh, not just the facilities, but the amazing uh, thing that, that, is, that is going here. Um, let me pray. God's given me a couple of words before we start, uh, and, and then I'm gonna get into the word. Uh, is that okay? Heavenly Father, we just thank you today. We honor you. We submit our hearts to you. And Lord, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit that is hovering over your word. I pray that you would help your people to mix your word with faith. And Lord, do what you want in the heart of every single person. We commit that to you now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, I was just praying, and which is a good thing to do. And and in a general sense, uh, God led me, this is yesterday, led me to 1 Kings 18. And, uh, and, and it's a time of great drought. Now, obviously, uh, physically, that's the case. I'm not so much talking physically, though I believe that's part of it. We, we in Australia uh, had uh, one of uh, an historic drought. In fact, my friend happened to be prime minister of our nation right through COVID. One of the first things he had to tackle as a spirit-filled believer by the name of Scott Morrison. He was in our church, not name-dropping. He's been a friend for 20 years. We've been discipling he and Jenny and, and working alongside them for all that time. But, but, he, but he, God, God took him from pretty much obscurity and made him prime minister. He won a, an unwinnable election, got up and said, I still believe in miracles. That's the prime minister of our nation. And he's actually one of the podcasts, Pastor Walt, uh, that, uh, that, you'll be, that you'll be joining alongside. But, but God, God took me to 1 Kings 18. And, and here's what it says in verse 41. There's been this rain, uh, like historic, sorry, been this drought, historic doubt, drought. And here's, I wanna speak this over you all. There is a sound of an abundance of rain. 
I said there is a sound of an abundance of rain. And, uh, and it goes on, and, and he, he told the, the servant, he said, go, go over to the hill there. I know you don't have many here. You've got the twin hills there, twin mountains, twin peaks. That's okay. You've just got plains and peaks. They're huge mountains for here, right? He said, go and have a look. And, uh, and the servant runs up, has a look. Nothing. Goes up again, nothing. Goes up again, nothing. Did that seven times. And then finally he comes back and says, there's just this, there's just this cloud, just the size of a man's hand. That's all it is. Just this little cloud, the size of a man's hand. And Elijah says, go, it's coming. Prepare the chariot. The rain is about to fall. And I just want to speak that over you personally, over your family, over your business, and over the life church. I really believe there is a sound of an abundance of rain. And, and as you're patient, just, just there's, a, there's a little cloud on the horizon, the size of a man's fist. The rain Friends is on the way. The rain is on the way. Just during worship, you know, we were singing. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's healing. It's good to sing it, but it's better to see it. I said, it's good to, bless you. You're right? Good. Come out. So I just sensed there was someone with some nasal, like pain behind your nose, someone else with pain behind the eyes, someone else who uh, is suffering from night terrors. Like you, you and, and this is not, hasn't happened forever, but it, like it's recently, it, it's like, wow, that, I just wake up like with this, this excruciating fear that comes upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is here to set you free. Someone else with a lower back issue, but it's not actually just muscular. It feels like it's inside. I want to say it's the right-hand side. Don't know whether it's a kidney thing or something like that. Someone else has got a suspicious lump, and it's causing you great uh, concern. And I would even say anxiety. Someone else with pain behind the eyes. Someone else with a shoulder issue. Not sure whether it's a sporting injury or whatever. Uh, I'm going to pray over you right now. If, that's, if any one of those uh, relate to you, quickly get your hand in the air. We're going we're gonna to pray and believe God. We're going to pray and believe God right now. We've sung it, Lord Jesus. We, we first of all stand in submission to your word. We stand under the authority of the name of Jesus. We don't need to yell about this. We don't need to scream it up or call it down. We know that healing is your children's bread. It's our portion. Lord, we're not sick trying to be healed. Our natural state is wellness. And right now we stand on your word and Lord, I speak healing over every single individual of those things that, that you've, you've put on my heart specifically and any other thing Lord, we speak healing in the house in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Come on, everyone said? Amen. amen, amen. Don't stop believing God to be God.
I, uh, I've got four grandkids, three kids, and one wife. <laughs> Which is, you know, as a pastor, it's kind of good. For, uh, this is just a little photo of my darling, whom I miss very much, been away. That's not, no, that's not my darling. That's my darling. That's Valerie. And uh, we've been married, as I said, 40 years. Uh, the tribe likes to get away every now and then. Um, our kids and grandkids, yep, yeah, we're that family. We're that family. We're on a cruise. You've got to have the shirts, right? You've got to have the shirts. And uh, this, that is uh, my, uh, the one next to Valerie. That's our daughter, Elise. Uh, some of you might follow her on social media. She's at Elise. And uh, she helps women all over the world. Um, and then uh, my son and daughter-in-law on the left, uh, my daughter right in the back there and, uh, and her husband, the couple of the grandkids there, uh, and uh, I am one blessed papa. One blessed papa. Uh, the, the kids are expensive, but the grandkids, you, you better get a second job before you have grandkids. <laughs> and all the grandparents said... I had, a, I had a little sports car that was my midlife crisis uh, in, the, in the, you know, about 10, 12 years ago. And a great little car, loved that car, little, little, uh, little uh, convertible, but I needed, a, I needed a bigger one. And so, and so I went to the, to, the, uh, to the car yard, the thing, and, uh, and, and picked out one. And I thought, this is really good. I hadn't told the, the salesman you know, you know, sometimes when you're with a salesman, you can feel like you're going into the vortex. He knew, I mean, it must have been my, like, wow, look or something. And he said, why don't you take it for a spin? I said, uh, I said you know, I've got to pick up the wife and I'm, try, I'm trying to pull, I'm in my, pull out, pull out. And he said, take it overnight. Pick her up in it. And I'm like, okay. Last thing he said as I drove it off the lot, he said, take it through the National Park, which is near our house. Really drive it like it's yours. So I picked Valerie up, put the moon roof back. I'm like. <laughs> and, uh, and so as, as I actually um, picked her up, you know, hey babe, my sleaziest voice, hey babe, what a, what a, what a ride. And uh, we started driving through the National Park. It's, it's going dusk. And I'm loving it, right? I'm going around bends, treating it like a sports car. And uh, out of the bushes came a gray flash and a kangaroo cleaned up the front of the car. I took it back the next day and said, good news and bad news, boys. Love the car, love the car. But it's not quite in the same state that you gave it to me yesterday. I'm just glad it wasn't one of those Big kangaroos on steroids. We would have been absolute. Anyway, it ended up okay. They gave me a discount. I call it my kangaroo discount. Still driving that car today. But you know, that kangaroo came out like stealth. He came out like stealth. I was on a flight. I'm on a flight a lot. But I was on a flight coming out of LA, going back to Australia. And I was really tired. I'd had a busy tour of duty in terms of ministry. And all I wanted to do was sleep. So the key is, if that is the case, no eye contact. I know it's not very Christian of me, but no eye contact with the person that's gonna be sitting next to you. So I got on, put my bags up the top and turned to the guy and said, hey, g'day, how you doing? And I'm like, as I'm saying it, I'm saying, you're an idiot, Murphy. Give yourself an uppercut. Shut up. And he turns back and says, g'day. I recognised him to be Australian. I said, how you doing? Michael's the name. And I'm like, what are you doing? He said, Wes is my name. I said, what do you do, Wes? He says, I run a zoo. 
I said, you run a zoo? What sort of zoo? He said, I run Australia Zoo. I'm Steve Irwin's best mate, the crocodile man. Remember him? What? And so now he's not gonna get any sleep because I'm like, I'm, I'm fangirling. I'm like, what the heck? I've got the crocodile man's friend sitting next to me. So we start talking. I said, well, I got you here. Where's your, you have any close calls with big crocs? He said, I have. And so then I found myself talking like Steve Irwin. Crikey, what happened then? <laughs> and I'm saying, you're an idiot. Stop it. Talk, talk normal. And he said, actually, there'd been a flood and uh, Steve and I were cleaning stuff out of the crocodile in, enclosure and this big Graham, he, he's called, 15 footer came up behind me and snapped the top of my leg and my butt. And, uh, and, then, and then he was going up in the air about to come down and crack my skull and Steve Irwin grabbed his tail and saved my life. I just about stood up in the plane saying, I love you, Steve Irwin. <laughs> so anyway, then he starts showing me the photos of his stitches. And, and like, it's right up here. I'm like, dude, you're showing me a shot of your butt. He said, I got some more. I said, oh no, I need healing of the memories on that already. <laughs> Crocodiles operate by stealth. Their whole strategy is they'll just sit with their eyes above the water, even just their nostrils, and they'll look. And sometimes they'll wait for days. They'll see your pattern. I mean, up in, up in FNQ, far north Queensland, uh, they've got signs everywhere. You don't walk near the water edge. I mean, dogs have been known to owners taking the dog for a walk on a leash and they look back and all there is is a leash. They stalk. You know, that kangaroo went to the kangaroo heaven in the sky. The car got fixed. He hit us by stealth. No drama. Well, drama for him. Crocodiles, they, they hunt like stealth. But you know what? The enemy operates exactly the same. Come with me to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. And verse 12 says, there is a way. Everyone say, there's a way. Come on, there's a way. That seems right unto man, but the, the end of that is death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. You know, for my, in my life, there was a season, I'm a first generation believer, so just so you know, just relax. I'm not here as someone that's been a Christian all my life. Up until I was about 22, uh, I, was, I was living my own life. In fact, the couple of years before that were wild. Started out the issues for me when I was 14 and I was sexually abused by a man, like a, an older man, 35 years of age in the church. Wasn't a priest, but he was a dude that hung around the church. As a young 14 year old boy, I'm kind of working out my sexuality. Is this okay to be this honest this time of the morning? Haven't even had lunch or anything. And so I'm like, you know, am I gay? Like, it was horrible, but. And so I thought, I'm not gonna tell anyone, so I'm just gonna prove my heterosexuality. So I started being in relationships as soon as I was old enough to. I think that's enough detail. Ended up with a teenage pregnancy when I was 18. Well, the girl was the one who got pregnant, but I was, I was involved in the exercise, just saying. We'd been going out for 18 months, and we, we planned, I dropped out of Commerce Law at University, 
and we planned to get married at 18. So I got three jobs and saved a bunch of money and, uh, and we were tracking okay and that relationship fell terribly apart. Her mum and dad, quite frankly, wanted to get me as far away from her as possible. And you know what? If I were them, I would have done exactly the same thing because I was a mongrel. Couldn't spell responsibility. It was all about me. So I thought, what am I gonna do? I got 12 grand, feeling, feeling a bit of pain. I'm just gonna drink that away. So I blew myself off the planet for the next three months. In that time, could have got killed a couple of times. This is my life before Christ. One night I was blind drunk driving a friend's VW, those little bugs, flipped it on its roof, should have been killed. I was hanging upside down in the, in the, in the seatbelt and I had a little scratch on my back. How many know, of course you do, even before you receive Christ, there were angels looking out for you. Oh, come on, don't look at me so holy. How many know there were angels looking out for you even before you came to Christ? So I don't wanna talk about those, we've all got stories like that, extreme stories. I don't wanna talk about there is a way, that, that kind of way that seems right under man. I wanna, I wanna talk about maybe the ways that are way more subtle than that. You see, the enemy, one of his greatest strengths lies in his stealth or his subtlety. There is, a, there is a subtle way. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse three, the Bible says that, that uh, Paul writes, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness or his subtlety that you too may be, may be deceived or corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The enemy is subtle. He actually, and that goes way back into the garden. The Bible says in Genesis 3, verse 1, that the devil or the, the snake was more crafty or more subtle than any other beast of the field. The enemy's subtlety, where he gets really close to the truth, is that which is of more danger to us, arguably, than anything else. So if there's a way that seems right, Thomas asked Jesus a question in John chapter 14. He said, Well, how do we know the way? You taking photos? Could you get my good side, please? Just, just, just. <laughs> if there's a way that seems right, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, the context of that is actually heaven. But, but we know coming to the Father is not just when we, when we die and go to heaven. Come, we come to the Father the, the, the author of Hebrews says, we can come boldly before the throne of grace because of what Jesus has done. So, so connection with the Father doesn't start then, it actually, actually starts now. And, and God's heart is that we might understand that, that there is a way that is His way. In fact, that verse in Proverbs 14 goes on and says, even in laughter, there can be great pain. And it says the backslider in heart will be filled, same word, with his own ways. But a good man, a good man receives his way from above. I wanna, I wanna say at this point in time, there's so much stuff that's swirling around. So much obvious stuff. I mean, you know, how many times do you have a conversation, man, the world's gone crazy or something like that. Like, that's just crazy. 
like weird stuff. And, and, and most of us would recognize that. But it's in the subtlety. Let, let me give you some examples. I think as you look across the Western church, and I don't know everything that's going on in the West, but I, I travel about six months of the year to US, UK, Europe, a bit through South America and Asia. So I see some stuff. And I think particularly in the Western culture where God says, I have caused you to be the temple of my spirit. So become the church. And we've relegated that and believed a lie, quite frankly, and says, all I gotta do is come to church. Now, obviously, I'm not gonna say, Pastor Walt, don't come to church, but, but the bar is so low. It's like if your highest goal in life as a Christian is to get your backside in a church once a week or once a month or whatever, how many know that's, that's ridiculously small compared to what God has for you? When he's put greatness on the inside, you're gonna be bored silly if you are just, you see as the highest goal to get your backside on a, on a chair. I was talking to the leaders last night. And so what's your gift? And some people say, well, I got the gift of the butt. What's the gift of the butt? Well, I got a butt and I put it on a chair once every month. That's my contribution to the kingdom of God. When God has put glory on the inside and we relegate it to the gift of the butt. No wonder so many Christians are miserable. So many Christians are like, is this all there is? Because we're not stepping up into the plan that God had from the very first time. Some of us, some of us say, well, 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 the enemy says, look, after COVID, you gotta choose your lifestyle well. You know, I know that pastor's talking about groups a bit. You know, that's not for me. I tried them back in my old church. Groups don't work for me. Yet God is a community God. You'll never be fulfilled just as a Sunday church attender. You can still go to heaven. You can still go to heaven even not coming to church. <gasps> but you will never attain the destiny that God has for your life. You'll never move into the power of the, of, with wind in your wings that God has for you. Someone else is like, well, you know, I come to church, but, you know, pastor knows I'm a busy man. I'm a busy lady. You know, we've got 14 kids. I run six businesses and I haven't got time to scratch myself, let alone serve in the house. Wrong priorities. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will sort itself out. You know, and again, as a parent, I get this, the pressure. Like, give the kids one really good thing to do, not six. Little Johnny doesn't have to play football and baseball and lacrosse and, and basketball and tap dancing all in the one week. So I'm trying to run a family. No, that's crazy. Let's put God first and see that as a priority. You're following me this morning, but it's really subtle. The enemy will, the enemy will, 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 put, will paint a picture. The Bible says that the devil masquerades as an angel of light. So he doesn't, the devil never turns up in your life in a red suit with a pitchfork. <laughs> he sounds like you. Sounds like rational. It's like, you know, cost of living, even in Texas, fuel prices, you know, the uncertainties, 
the war in Ukraine, China, all this stuff. You know, so pastor, pastor, I would put God in my finances. In fact, when all of this stuff happens, man, you got some big checks coming your way, pastor. It's like, well, no, it's never gonna happen. The enemy's really subtle where he gets us to focus on us. He gets us to magnify some of the stuff that's going on in our lives. We, we understand that, that we're, this, this, this life on earth is so, so fragile. This came home to me maybe 18 months ago where a dear friend of mine who was actually a director of our ministry, I've known him for three decades. He, he, was, he was fit as anything, we'd say in Australia, fit as a Mallee bull. Like Mallee is like a, a, an area of desert, whatever, and bulls, they grow big down there. Fit as a Mallee bull. He had biceps as big as my thighs. He worked out like nine days a week. He was a beast. And he was fit. He ate well. But one day his wife was there. She's one of the leading nurses in the country, it, right across America. She oversees 30,000 nurses. So she's no joke. She was right there with him. And she said, he said, I feel a bit not well. Can, I, can you pray for me? And he dropped dead at her feet had an artery blowout, 53 years of age, artery blowout from his heart to his spleen, and he bled out, no one knew. She got him back, you know, mouth to mouth, all the thing, and so he went to glory. He was a campus pastor, one of the churches we work with up in Minneapolis, a church called River Valley Church. He planted that campus from nothing and grew it to about 1,200 people in about five years. He actually put about 3,500 people through Alpha and took about 350, 400 people on global trips to some of the most dangerous parts of the world. He was a beast, and yet he's not here anymore, he's in glory. So we raced on a plane, got up to Minneapolis from Australia, and I was sitting in the Sunday service, just about where you are there, and, uh, and they were singing a song called Hallways, which they wrote. And it says, when I've, when I've forgotten, this is not my destination. Remind me, my soul, to start recalling, this is just a hallway, called Hallways. And, and God, God gave me like a picture of my friend Anthony in the, at, the, at the gates of, of, uh, of heaven. Could you give me a G, please? I'd like to sing this next little bit. No, only joking, only joking. As if I'm gonna do that. So, three, thank you. Three, three stories high, these big hunking, hunking medieval type doors. And Anthony was there. If you had asked Anthony, where are you on the hallway, dude? He would have said about three decades back there. But he didn't realise his nose was pressed up against those doors of eternity. He took his last breath on planet Earth. The doors flung open. He was almost knocked off his feet. This is what I saw in my, in my mind's eye. Knocked off his feet with the radiance of the light. The very next breath he took was the atmosphere of heaven. That's not just Anthony. It's every one of us. And you know, I don't know where you are in that hallway. I don't wanna scare the whatever out of you, but it's just the truth. But life is so fragile and the enemy's so subtle and he'll have you leading a life on that hallway where basically you are the centre of the universe. There's doorways, doorways. You know, for me, my story goes on, I'm nearly done where I never saw the baby, that little baby that I had. And the young lady married someone a bit older than her, a friend of the family, and he did a great job with her. Um, I was pastoring our church in, 
in uh, Sutherland, in the southern suburbs of Sydney. It's preaching, just like I'm going to do in a moment. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to take time for everyone here who would say, Michael, you know what? I'm not really living for Jesus. I'm bumping along the bottom. When I first received Christ, there was such a fervency. Or maybe someone's brought you along today and you've never ever consciously known what it is. We did that. People put their hand up, just a couple. And, I, and one of them in the foyer afterwards says, in the church that I'm pastoring, Pastor Walt, I'm out there and, and this young lady came up to me and said, can I talk to you for a minute? And I actually rec- recognised her to be one of the ones who had received Christ that day. And I thought, absolutely, pastor to new Christian. This beautiful 18-year-old girl looked at me in the eyes and said, I'm your daughter. First time I ever saw her. I said, I'm so pleased to meet you. Can I give you a hug? I threw my arms around her and we just hugged for a long time. We then sat down on, on, a, on a seat, just in the foyer. People going everywhere. My associate pastor, my David, walked past and went, I'm with this young 18-year-old girl. He didn't know the story. I'm looking at her eyes. He's like, are you okay? My pastor's really flipped. Those words, I'm your daughter, just exploded in my heart. And I'm just a young pastor trying to get get it together. But here's what I thought. If that, that affected me that way, how much more does your heavenly father, when you today just cut all the complexity, all the excuses, And you look and say, Daddy, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. God's heart. Expect a volcano eruption somewhere in the world. So back to my story. We're going to pray for people just in a moment. So Anthony walks into heaven. I don't know whether you've ever thought about this, but have you ever thought about when you go to heaven, how, how many people you'd like to talk to? Like some of the old, old timers, Moses and Abraham. And it's like, hey, dude, what was it like? What was it like putting the stick over the sea and whoosh, walking on dry ground and waving to the fish on the way through? What was it like? Abraham, you weren't exactly still a spring chicken. You had more wrinkles than I don't know what. And God says, you're gonna have a kid. What was that like? What was it like when he, he said, take him up a hill with just some wood and a knife? Noah, what was that like? Starting to, starting to, build a boat when it hadn't even rained. Joshua taking the baton from, what was that like? So Anthony walks into heaven and before, and he's rehearsing. What was it like? What was it like? And, and, and over the corner, there's Moses, Noah, Joshua, and Abraham. There's Mo, No, Jojo, and Abe. They're standing over at the celestial coffee machine. And before he could get the words out, Moses looks up and says, hey, Anthony. He's like, what the heck? Anthony. Come over and meet the fellas. He says, what was it like? And he's like, what was it like? Anthony, everything we did, you read it in Hebrews 11 and other spots in the Bible, we did because we had God with us. Anthony, what was it like to have Christ in you? Because we never did. What's it like having Christ in you? I can imagine Moses thinking, so every day, every day, do you say, oh God, you're in me, Jesus. 
what, what are we going to do today? Come on, come on, what miracles are we going to How many people are we going to see come into the kingdom of God? How many people is my shadow going to cut across? And, and they'll say, I'm healed, I'm healed. What was it like having Christ in you? It was awesome. I exercised the ministry of the butt. Friends, these are desperate days. Your friends, your family, though I know, I know, I get it, there's an opportunity for rejection. Christ is in you. This is no time to be poking a stick at your faith. It's a time to be all in. It's a time to step up. It's a time to do it afraid. It's a time to say, Jesus, you are in me. You've died and rose again. You've sent the Holy Spirit in order to release me into the purposes of God. Man, I feel like preaching. Here's what we're gonna do. Right across the house, just in a moment, I'm gonna get you to close your eyes. Do it right now. Heads bowed. I'm gonna simply count to three. And when I hit three, everyone here says, Michael, please pray for me. My, my, I'm, bump, I'm bumping along the bottom in my relationship with Jesus. I, I need to come into that sweet spot that I know God wants me to dwell for the first time. I need to, I need to confess Jesus as my Saviour. With every eye closed, every, every head bowed. Here we go. One, Jesus Christ died that you might have life, that your sin might be totally forgiven. You'd have access to the Father anytime you want. Two, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. When you hear His voice, don't harden your heart, but respond to Him. With every eye closed, every head bowed, you say, Michael, that's exactly where I'm at. I need to get my life with, right with Christ. I need to acknowledge my need of Him. With every eye closed, every head bowed, from the front to the back on each side, you say, Michael, pray for me. Include me in this prayer. If that's you right now, confidently and boldly, lift your hand in the air. Three, right across the house. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, keep lifting them up. If that's you, keep them raised. Yes, 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 yes. Up the back, two hands raised. I love it. Yes, yes. God bless you in the centre here. Keep your hand raised. Yes, 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 yes. Over here, lovely couple. God bless you up the back there. Thank you, lovely lady there. Yes. If you haven't raised your hand, but honestly you want to, I'm just gonna one more time. Thank you. I'm so glad we waited for you. Just over there. If you haven't raised your hand, but you want to, lift it up right now. Yep, 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 yep. The Life Church, why don't we give those people just an incredible, not just a little golf clap. Let's, let's absolutely celebrate people getting their lives right. Come on, come on with Jesus. Here's what we're gonna do. All of you that raised your hand and pastor will be here in a moment just to give you instructions. Because one of the things we love to do is help people to the degree you want us to, to take their next step. It's really, really important that you talk to someone about the decision you're making. Subtle as the enemy, he'll fold that in and nothing will change. We wanna help walk with you. 
Could we pray together? Everyone, we're a family here. Let's join those people that that are acknowledging Christ today and, and let's do some business with God. You pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, come on, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in the name of your Son, Jesus. I acknowledge my need of you. From my heart with my mouth, I confess you as my Saviour and I confess you as my Lord with the help of your Holy Spirit and Christ in me. I want to live every day to please you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for receiving God's Word. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for those of you making decisions, uh, whether it was a first-time decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you're making that decision to step up, to long, no longer just have the ministry of the butt. <laughs> Come on, that was good, right? That you're going to engage. You're going you're gonna to do something for His glory. Amen.